You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. So the title of my message today is Zoe. And I think, and on top, just in case you're wondering, that's the Greek for Zoe. Um... Most of you have probably heard Zoe and think of the name Zoe, but Zoe actually has a very profound meaning in Scripture, and this week it's just really been tugging at my heart. And so I'm going to start off making a really bold statement. So for those of you in the room that are not Christ followers, you're going to think I'm either crazy or too radical, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with that. Because the truth is I tried it both ways. I've tried it with and I've tried it without, and I know my statement is accurate. So here goes. Big one, guys. Satisfaction, true, lasting satisfaction is only found in Jesus. Only found in Jesus. See, I know, I know some of you are in this room and you go, chill, lady. I came in here because a friend invited me. They promised me free coffee and donuts. I don't need to be talking all about Jesus like that. And don't be throwing around big words like satisfaction, right? I get it. But here, I'm going to say it again. Satisfaction, true, lasting satisfaction, is only found in Jesus. See, it's not in your calling. And you're not going to find it in the purpose that you have to fulfill. You're not going to find satisfaction in your spouse. And you're not going to find it in your children. You're not going to find it in more money or more time. See, we always place, oh, well, when, when I get this, or when my life looks like this, when I have my own house, when I get married, when my kids are out of the house, when, you know, when we have these statements, when, then I will be. But that's not the case. See, like I said, I tried it without Jesus. When I was a little bit younger, I'm not going to tell you the age, um, I decided that I was going to, I got this. I decided I got this. And so what I did was I started to get really busy with work. You know, I got busy with work and, and more, more um, I was a nanny at the time. I would take care of kids or, or a babysitter. Um, and I would fill up my schedule so that I wouldn't need to be in church on Sunday or I was too busy to be in church on Sunday. And so I kept doing that consistently and all of a sudden, it just, I didn't feel the need to go anymore. I didn't feel the need to be a part of anymore. And the more I didn't feel the need to be a part of in a community, the more I also didn't feel the need to seek God on my own, you know. I, I just kept slowly distancing myself from God. And I've been a Christ follower since I was six years old. But at that particular time in my life during my teenage years, I decided that I had it. I was good. I was, I was good. I didn't need, I was just going to take care of my life. And I did that for a couple of years, and I'll go back to my statement. Nothing can satisfy you like Jesus. And I've tried. I tried several things, you know. Sometimes you go, okay, well, I can drink my way through this situation, right? That doesn't work. Or you think, well, my relationship, that'll produce me. It's because I need a relationship. That didn't work. <laughs> you know, or maybe if I just stay busy, you know. Sometimes we're like, if I stay busy enough, I don't have to think about it. 
I don't have to deal with any of it. I'm just going to keep going and going and going. And if you go fast enough, you don't have to deal with your own mind. But that didn't work. And I'll tell you this. I tried it later in life, too. Because you go, okay, well, you were a teenager. What did you know? I tried it later in life, too, when I was an adult. You know, what, what's the age for adult? <laughs> you know? Later in life, I tried it, too. And I always, my tendency, personal tendency, is to get things done on my own. Right? I got this. I like, we'll power it through, man. I can, you know, I'm the truck that's going to, we'll power that thing through. Right? And push and go and got it. And I can, I will, I can make myself happy. I can figure this out. I, I, I. And I'll go back to my statement. Nothing can satisfy you like Jesus. See, there's a reason nothing can fill the hole. Because nothing can. The desire and the void of our heart is not for things, right? See, I want to invite you this morning to go on a journey with me. So follow along with me, okay? I've, I've got three Greek words that are coming your way. Woohoo! I'm getting technical on you guys. You got three Greek words coming your way and a few thoughts. So just journey with me here, okay? I'm going to tell you where I found peace. I'm going to tell you where I found rest. Okay, and I'm hoping this morning that for some of you who are kind of spinning in circles, kind of trying and trying, and you try it this way, and you go it that way, and you look at it this way, and you, you know what I mean? Like you kind of looked at the situation in every possible direction. How can I figure this out? How can I make this better? How can I make myself happy? How can I get rid of this depression? How can I deal with this anxiety? How can I deal with that person? How can I make my marriage better? How can I, you know, how can I? For all of you that are asking those questions, I am hoping today that you will realize where you can find the answer to that. So journey with me in the book of Matthew. Okay, Matthew um, was a disciple of Jesus. So in the Bible, we have the first book of the New Testament called Matthew. He was a disciple of Jesus. And in there, in Matthew 6, 33, now mind you, he walked with Jesus, right? He saw everything Jesus did. He walked with Jesus. So in Matthew 6, 33, he writes, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. The first thing I want you to notice about this passage is that he did not say, get everything you need, then seek the kingdom of God, and then live morally. It's not what he said. He said, seek the kingdom of God first. The other, here goes my first Greek word for you. The word seek there in Greek is zeteo. And if there's anybody Greek in this room that knows it better than me, I'm sorry. But it's a tale, and what that word actually means is crave. So let's read it again. Crave the kingdom of God above all else. Then live more, and live morally, and he will give you everything you need. Now, doesn't that change a little bit? Like seek is a, you know, strong word. But crave, crave is a different kind of thing. Crave is thirst, right? Crave is there's something in here that is like, I need that. It's a, it's a different motivation. And what Matthew is telling us here is that crave the kingdom of God. Crave to live like God. Crave godliness. And then everything else that you need will come to you. You don't even have to worry about it. It's coming your way. See, and then you look at this passage and you go, okay, what does that mean? What, like, what am I craving for? What am, what am I actually craving for? 
because the kingdom of God can sound kind of elusive. It can sound kind of distant, right? Like, okay, what does that mean? Like, I crave to be in heaven one day? I crave to be saved? Well, yes, we do want an eternal life. And yes, we want to live connected to God for all eternity. I mean, I do, right? But this doesn't only speak of the eternity. It speaks of the now. It speaks of Zoe. That's where Zoe comes in. Zoe is another Greek word. And Zoe means the life of God within us. See, Zoe means life, but not just any life. The fullness of God. The fullness of life. So what does that mean? It means that God made available to us the fullness of who he is. Right? God made available to us the fullness. So what, is, what does it mean? It means that Jesus, being the person of God, has made available to us the fullness when we accept him into our lives. So when we invite Jesus into our lives, we have the fullness of God inside of us. What does that mean for you? What does it mean for me? Well, when Zoe, the life of God, enters, anxiety has to leave. When Zoe enters, depression has to leave. When Zoe enters, diseases have to leave. When Zoe enters, anger has to leave because it's the fullness of God within us. Addiction has to leave. Everything that is not of God has to leave because the fullness of God fills us. You know what I mean? It's the fullness of God. So when Jesus walks into the equation, here's the equation. Jesus equals change. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. When Jesus, when the fullness of God walks into our lives, there has to be change. Change needs to happen. See, I'm not the only one that thought this. Let's just ask Jesus' mama. She knew that to be true, right? John, if you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open John 2.10. See, in the book of John, another disciple of Jesus, he writes about Jesus' first miracle, right? And we're going to read it through because I want you to notice Jesus' mama's reaction, because mama knows best. Amen? Mama knows best. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran low, ran out. Sorry, the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. I can see Jesus saying that. Woman, it's not my problem. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby, the six stone water, standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremony tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then... When everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out less expensive wine. But you have kept the best for now. See, here I'm going to focus. I told you the whole story because Jesus performed a miracle, right? I wanted you to see that. See, Mary knew something about Jesus. When Jesus is with you, miracles are going to happen. She knew that. She knew that if Jesus was in the room, something was going to change. Something was going to happen. And I want to show you 
Another little Greek word. So here's my third Greek word. Can everybody say three? Three Greek words, guys. Here's the other Greek word that we find in the book of John. It's Simeon. Simeon, which means signs. See, in the book of John, John refers to signs a little bit different than the other three Gospels. The other three Gospels, Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, talk about signs with astounding. Like they are astounded by the signs. It was like the, the, the crowd was astounded. It was like surprising almost, right? They refer, it's another word that they use. But in the book of John, John uses the word signs for miracles. But why does John use the word signs? He uses it because God gave Jesus a job. And part of Jesus' job on earth was to produce signs. Why signs? Because signs would lead people to believe in the Father. So every miracle Jesus performed, the purpose of the miracle was, yes, to bless the person, but also to get others to believe, to lead others to the Father, right? So the, the entirety of Jesus' job on earth was to make the Father known. That was his thing. So everything that he did points to God. Points to, you know, who God is, the character of God, what God wants to do in our lives, the power of God. It always points to God. So Jesus was given the job, right, of leading people to God. This was his job. Now, signs are miracles. I want to put all of this together to you because it's a lot of bits and pieces, right? I'm going to put this together. Part of Jesus' work is to produce signs that point to the Father. We have been given the life of Jesus, Zoe life. In us, right? Not only for eternity, but here on earth. And since miracles are part of Jesus' life, it would stand to reason that signs and miracles are part of our lives. Correct? Right? Following? It would stand to reason then that Zoe life, the life of Christ in us, would produce signs, would produce miracles. Correct? Now you may be thinking, okay, but why don't I feel any different? Why don't I don't feel any different? I don't feel like anything's happening. I, I, I don't feel. Well, I'm going to, not going to be harsh, but I'm going to be honest with you for a minute. There are two reasons why there, have, there are no signs or miracles aren't happening. One may be that you have not received the life of Christ in you. So you have not made Jesus your Lord and Savior. That could be one possibility. And the other one is that you may have fallen into the trap of solving things yourself. You may have fallen into the trap of living by sight, by feeling. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we do not live by sight. We live by faith. And if we are constant living by our feelings or by our sight, we, we completely neglect the aspect of God works through faith. Work th he works through our belief. And the other thing I want to remind you that has, has been really helpful for me is that the Zoe life, the life of God in us, is an overcoming life, right? It's not just like everything is immediately settled, but it is a step-by-step, -step, a process, a journey, an overcoming type of life. See, there's this passage in the Apostle Paul, I mean, the Apostle John writes in 1 John, this is the same John, he writes in 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why would he say that? He would say that because he knows there is someone in the world coming at you, right? He wouldn't say greater is he that is in you than is in the world if nothing was coming at you. Why would you have to say that? He understands that we are at war. 
He understood that we will need to have a, summon up greater strength for what's coming at us. Right? And so he was saying the, the person, the, the Zoe life that is in you is stronger than what's coming at you. It's more powerful than what's coming. And he, see, we're not, he, the enemy, the, the, the world is coming after our devotion, our attention, our calling, our life. Right? But the power of God is coming out of us. The Zoe life of God is coming out of us. And it's stronger than whatever is coming at us. So here's the promise we have. Here's the promise we have from Jesus. Matthew 7, 7 says this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, crave, and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. So I'm going to ask you this morning. Are you seeing, are you witnessing miracles in your life? Are you seeing them? Are you witnessing? If your answer is no... And take it from someone who's done it both ways, right? I've done it with Jesus, like I told you, and I've done it without Jesus. Satisfaction and whatever it is that you need is only found in who? Jesus. So only he can set your soul free. Only he can give you the peace you're looking for. Only he can restore your marriage. Only he can fill the void. Only he can give you security. Only he can provide you with what you need. Not more money. Not more friends. Not more time. It is the Zoe life of God that will change your circumstance. Let me encourage you this morning from someone who knows some days are hard. Okay, some days are hard. And some days, you'll just want to pull up the covers over your head and say, I am not going to deal with today. I'm just going to hide right under here. Right? I mean, we all have days like that. <clears throat> the only thing that can change your scenario, the only person that can change your scenario is Jesus. It is Zoe. The answer to your question is Zoe. The answer to all of your questions, even if it's just a need, like, even if it's you need, you need something concrete, it's still Zoe. Because if you seek first the kingdom of God, all other things will be added to you. See, the Zoe, of, Zoe life of God produces love. It produces joy. It produces peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Zoe life of God. And you're going to ask, okay, How? How do I get this life? Well, one, if you're in this room, like I told you, I started telling you, you're either going to think I'm crazy or too radical, right? I warned you. So one, in this room, if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let me encourage you. Jesus is the answer. He will provide you with the fullness you're searching for. He will fill the void in the heart. He is the only one that can. And if you have Jesus in your life, but you've fallen into the trap of handling it, like I do, that's one of the things I fight against the most, guys, is just not trying to handle it on my own. If you've fallen into the trap of handling, let me encourage you, crave first. Let him handle. Crave the kingdom of God. Right? Crave the kingdom of God. And if you don't know how, like that sounds a little like, okay, I want to crave the kingdom of God. I just don't. I crave cake instead. 
right? If you want to crave the kingdom of God, I'm going to tell you, how do you do that? You ask God that you would crave him. It's simple as that. Like, God, honestly, I don't, I don't crave your presence. Like, honestly, I don't want to read the Bible. Like, honestly, I, you know, tell him that. Tell him, God, I, I want to crave you. Will you teach me to crave you? Will you show me? Will you create that thirst in me for you? Will you bring the, the, your, your word alive to me so that when I'm reading it actually makes any sense? Will you, you know, work in me? You ask those things so that they come about in your life. If they're not yet natural, that's okay. But part of seeking this kingdom is actually going into prayer or going into God and saying, I want to crave you. Teach me how. That's how it begins. The life of God produces signs. If you're living a life that just seems to be stale, I want to encourage you this morning, you need Zoe. You need the life of God. If you haven't seen miracles, you're waiting for your miracle, Zoe life is an overcoming life. It is step by step. But the promise is that if you seek, you will find. 